a little lost girl in her own little world She looks so happy but she seems so sad oh yeah We interrupt our program to bring you this important message. Hi, I'm Chucky. Wanna play? You know, it's Halloween. I guess everyone's entitled to one good scare. Be afraid. No. Be afraid. Be very afraid. Ghouls and gore. And sometimes a little more. My bloody podcast. <laughs> Welcome everybody to my bloody podcast. We are here today to talk to you about horror movies. What in particular? Well, we got some news because so much has happened since the last time we were here on my bloody podcast. I'm Brian Kluger, and I am joined by the host with the most, the man who I like to shake dead ceramic hands with and see dead people preston varta how are you i'm doing well i uh, i have nothing clever to come up with this because this movie is just awesome and there's nothing worth joking about i mean talk to me right just talk to me preston talk okay to me. Well, there you go <laughs> that's what that's why you that's why you uh are the leader on this talk to me preston yes we're talking no, we're not seeing dead people in the sixth sense type of way. We are seeing dead people talk to me way. The new A24 movie that's coming out called Talk to Me that's been taking the world by storm through screenings and film festivals. We're here to talk about that. But first, but first, but first, since the last time we were on here, all hell is broken loose in Hollywood. And that means there are going to be consequences and repercussions for all of us moviegoers and fans, and it is going to start right now. We have to talk about it because it affects everybody and what Preston and I do for a living. So I'm very curious. So as you know, over the last, you know, what is it? What do you think? Uh, two, three months now, there has been a writer's strike. It means writers for TV and movies, they have gone on strike. They're wanting more money. Uh, livable wages from the studios and so there's no new tv shows and no new movies kind of being written right now no new talk shows stuff like that um and now as of yesterday the screen actors guild all the movie actors tv actors actors and actresses went on strike uh big move has not happened since 1980 and there has not been a crossover strike between the writers and the actors coming together as one since the 1960s. Um, what does that mean, Preston? What does this mean for us? It means that I can't, I won't be able to enjoy my work anymore because I like to, I like to talk to people. I like to talk to writers. I like to talk to actors and I find it, to be a very special part of the viewing experience for me at this at this level of journalism that I've worked so hard towards in in the 15 years of, of me doing this um, is 
you know, seeing a movie that's most likely an indie film, because I tried to support indie films and television shows that aren't as so much talked about. And I, I really connect with things differently now that I'm a father. Um, now, six years in, and I, I, I just am deeply in touch with a lot of people's work. And I like to discuss it. There's only so much that I feel like I can scratch when I'm writing a review. And so now it feels like especially with a big festival like Fantastic Fest that is not too far around the corner in September, the end of September. And that's something that Brian and I go to or try to go to every year. And it's, I don't know what that's going to be like. I'm just so you know, I am all for this strike. I think everybody, writers, actors, directors, kind of odd that the Directors Guild didn't they they kind of look like a clown at this point uh by comparison to what um the writers guild and sag is doing right now um and so it's just it's just sad that we're in this position um it is it's it's really sad uh it how did it get to this i mean we can tell you why that how it got to this but it's what's the what's this mean for you as a viewer as a movie fan well with writers and now actors, um, of course, we're not going to get any new movies and any new TV shows um, until the foreseeable future. I mean, if there's something that's already been made and produced and done, they can release it. But now with the actors on strike, according to the rules of their union, they cannot promote their movies in any way, shape or form. Uh, so that means they can't go on talk shows. They can't do interviews with people like Preston and I. They yeah. can't go to film festivals to promote it. Um, they can't, they can't audition for future movies. Uh, that's crazy. And that sucks because there's a ton of really great film festivals coming up in the fall. One that particularly we think is the best film festival. Um, and so what's that going to be like for film festivals coming up? in the fall and in the winter that means that actors and writers will most likely not be showing up and if you don't have actors and writers at a movie premiere you're probably not going to premiere your movie so movies will probably be pulled from film festivals and screenings and stuff like that for the foreseeable future uh and that sucks man because i mean we look forward to fantastic fest in particular every year right yeah, we do. And then with with studios possibly pulling movies off the circuit or maybe even their release altogether in hopes that, you know, when a conclusion or when, when a deal is met, it's just going to be an overwhelming amount of content. I know people hate the word uh, content, but um, just film, television projects all just releasing at once. Um, because it's a part, especially as we're, we're getting close to entering the awards season, that's part of it. Actors have to uh, campaign. They, they want to discuss their works. And so I find it interesting that, you know, as we're entering this, the Oppenheimer premiere was in uh, overseas in London and, or in the UK. And it, uh, the actors left right after they did the carpets and because yeah. they got wind that the, the strike was going to happen and they left. 
Yeah, they left. And um, left I the mean, director we, there solely by himself. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, w- what it means for Fantastic Fest, I guess we'll see. Um, this is so fresh that we don't know what sort of things are going to happen with. I, I know Bob Iger released his statements. That's pretty um, much. So Bob Iger, the head, the CEO of Disney, yeah. is pretty much the telltale sign that this is not going to end quickly. Because um, I'm pretty sure every studio exec like him feels the same way with what he said. Probably. Yeah. It just what feels like say? an episode of Yeah. What did he say? What did he say? Yeah, in like in like summation. Um, I, I mean, I'll read it uh, directly because there's been some really great uh, analysis pieces on, uh, especially I have seen quite a few actors um, break it down. Um, so he he's basically he said that he found it uh, very disturbing that this has happened and that uh, actors are not being realistic, or I guess writers and actors are not being realistic. He said, it's very very disturbing to me. We've talked about disruptive forces on this business and all the challenges we're facing from the recovery from COVID, which is ongoing, but it's not completely back. This is the worst time in the world to add that disruption. I understand any labor organization's uh, desire to work on behalf of its members to get the most compensation and be compensated fairly based on the value that they deliver. We manage as an industry to negotiate a very good deal with the director's guild that reflects the value that the directors contribute to this great business. People would say otherwise. We wanted to do the same thing with the writers and we'd like to do the same thing with the actors. There's a level of expectation that they have and it's just not realistic and they are adding to the set of challenges that this business is already facing and it's quite frankly very disruptive. So that's coming from the head of Disney. Of course, yeah. he would say this. Um, and it's really funny because, you know, when the Actors Guild are striking, they're wanting more money. This is not for the Tom Cruises. This is not for the Julia Roberts. This is not for the George Clooney's. These are for the 99 other percent of actors out there who are not making millions of dollars of movies, you know. So but those but those actors are standing in solidarity with their fellow you know, actors and actresses, but with what Bob Iger says, you know, it's funny that they're saying they're disruptive and stuff like that, but you've heard so many stories every quarter, every year, if you're on those phone calls with investors, and then you see in the Wall Street Journal, every time the these companies, these film studios are breaking record profits, they're making record profits. Where are these money? Where is this money going? They're going to Bob Iger and like 10 other people and not to everybody else. Um, and what the actors and the writers are wanting are a livable wage and mm-hmm. part of um, a system that allows streaming giants to give them royalties, which they do not get at the moment. So uh, it's it's a it's fair. And of course, the head of Disney would say they're being disruptive. Uh, I, th- I found that very funny. And if, like, and what he said is like, of course, he would say that he's definitely not going to say, yeah, we're going to try to work with them better. No, he's going to say they're disruptive. And so I find that hilarious. What do you think, Preston? Uh, the, the the thing I, I kind of pushed past everything that he said, um, because I felt like something that was more uh, powerful to me was uh, Fran Dresser, who's the president 
of SAG um, hold a press conference shortly after the de decision was met uh, made that the, that SAG would go on strike. Um, that her her words were so powerful. It was a very passionate speech, and to see that anger, um, that righteous anger there, was just very. It, it's like I'm not. I'm in touch with the film industry as much as I can be, but I mostly just, you know, I look at the work. I don't know the business very well. The, 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 my understanding of the business is, uh, I just made a joke earlier about Entourage, is from watching show, a show like that. I get a behind the scenes look and, and I get to see like, oh yeah, there's studios can be very dirty. They, um, and their, their collaboration or lack thereof with, creators and actors is is very sickening and just to kind of see this being pushed to where it's at now after so many years not to put a age you brian since you came you were born the year that the first strike happened that's true i was i was around i'm an old bitch do you remember that do you remember what that <laughs> i <was>? remember that <laughs> um yeah, yeah. I, I think we'll as as the days uh, continue to come in, we'll we'll see more, possibly more and more statements because I'm sure journalists are reaching out to a lot of these studios. And and just today, as of Friday, the 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 fourteenth, where we we've seen SAG release all the places in, in times where they're going to be. Uh, waiting outside uh, with their signs and everything um, to, to just to, and so now, now possibly we're good. Yeah. Like I said, we're going to see uh, journalists approaching studios to see what, what, what more they have to say. And, and I think we're going to see some even more uh, damaging statements such as what Bob Iger said. Right. I think so too. And I know you and I talked about this a little last night, uh, over text, Preston, and your optimism, I share it. Um, I want this to end quickly, swiftly, and be great for both sides yeah. um, of the coin. Um, and you said something like, I hope this moves the needle quickly. And I was like, yeah, me too. Fuck, I don't want uh, to lose out on these movies and these premieres and the award shows too, because the award shows won't happen if these strikes are happening yeah. so and, and i say that not so much more for, for for myself it's just because i'm friends with people that highly depend on those benefits right no i have friends we have friends that are actors in the business that are in sag and again these are not people like george clooney brad pitt tom cruise these are people living like off their acting they're constantly they're hustling and getting gigs so a lot of these actors they're gonna have to go back and probably get you know bussing tables and going to Barnes and nobles and work yeah having to get jobs um which is great and fine and all i mean you have to go work to support but for this to be happening and for it to be you know two hundred and fifty thousand three hundred and fifty thousand people against probably a thousand people uh because that's kind of what it is it's kind of the studio execs um, that's kind of what you're dealing with here. Uh, and I, and it, and it sucks, but I, you know, when you said you hope this moves the needle quickly and I do hope so because 
that way, like the caterers and the grips and all the people that do the stunt work. I mean, they're all out of work too, because no movies are being made. Um, I just don't see it coming quickly. Like I, part of me wants this to be resolved this month, like by July 30th, how amazing would that be? They came to a deal and we get back to normal, but I can see this actually going on through the end of the year. Yeah. And that's that, to say. Did you see that statement? I don't remember who it was or even if that person revealed who he was, but just got some wind uh, from studios that said something like, Well, yeah, we're gonna wait close to Christmas when they're good and broke to start yeah. making a deal. Yeah, see that there you go. That's uh and and I t- I told you the same thing. I told you that over text last night. I was like, I want to believe that, but these studio heads and companies are not going to budge until they start losing money. Um, because of right now, you still have Oppenheimer, you still have Barbie coming out, you still have the movies in the theater, and then what we're going to see is these studios releasing everything they have on their shelf. Like yeah. they're going to start releasing the stuff that they have had held for the last five years. It's going to come out and they're going to be like, oh, we're making money. But then nobody's going to be promoting anything. Nobody's going to know anything is coming out. Um, and they'll start to realize that that's the thing. And, you know, you, did you know what I'm really scared about? That I just, you know, I thought about yesterday and I've been thinking about today. Um. I'm curious on how the physical media um, market, physical media, Blu-rays and DVDs and 4K discs are going to... No extras. So uh, maybe no extras. However, I wonder, and I, I say this in a very scared, frightened tone, like I hope that iTunes and Voodoo and Movies Anywhere, stuff like that, don't start charging us a subscription fee to recoup money to use the digital service. Because if that happens, Jesus Christ, uh, physical media, I don't, I don't know what, I don't know what to do. I mean, I think people will be so in an uproar about that because you already pay for the digital movie. And then in order to you, you use the digital stuff, you have to pay a subscription service. I could see that going I'm sure there's been talks about that, but I hope that doesn't come to that. But I think physical media, people might start getting into more physical media that way. So they don't have to pay a subscription. They can buy it once and then have it. Have you thought about that? Is that a thing? I I mean, I haven't, but there's so many thoughts that kind of have like, there's so much uncertainty that, that that's going on right now. And so, yeah, I haven't even, even thought about like what, what that would mean for physical media. Yeah, I don't either. I mean, yeah, definitely no new extras if they hadn't already been filmed already. But it's uh, it's kind of crazy. And with this strike, you know, like, again, saying that that what Preston said that somebody mentioned that we're going to wait till the end of the year. I mean, that means film festivals throughout the rest of the year, even probably next year um, will not be around or great nobody will go and then award shows you know the emmys just got announced that emmy show is not happening if there's no actors and writers gonna be there um the oscars i mean an oscar season from september through december award shows 
<laughs> they're not going to happen either. They're going to have to postpone everything. And so, um, and it's gotten to a point where it's like, come on, guys, we're asking for a fraction from you studio heads to have a livable wage. Let's work together. And for Bob Iger to come out and call them all disruptive, it's pretty insane. Yeah. Um, it's it's pretty crazy. So I don't know what it's easy this whole... to say all that stuff when you have as deep pockets as he does. Well, so that's the thing. It's all about greed and they don't know any better. Like it's a from coming if you put yourself in their shoes, they're running a Bob Iger, for example, he's running the biggest company, you know, sans Apple in the world, Disney, all of Disney. So Disney, Marvel, Lucas, he's kind of the high say of everything. And he's probably thinking not about anybody but himself, his 10 people that are under him and the investors. And if you're an investor in something in the stock market, it became something a while ago where you constantly have to keep growing your money no matter what no matter what the bottom line is no matter how many people you have to lay off you have to grow that number whereas before you could be like yeah we're staying about the same we're having great work ethics and stuff like that we're not going down we're going slightly up but it's like you have to increase it by this much every quarter and it sucks uh and so that's where they're in and with prices how they are with everything now, with food to gas to to everything, there needs to be an increase in wages. So I don't see even I mean, even if you are a stunt coordinator, if you're handing a light in a movie or an actor or a writer, there needs to be a change. And thank God for unions, because if there were no unions, the movie business would not be paying anything pretty much to anybody. Yeah, that's true. So. I, I mean, I'm all for the side of actors and writers for sure, because I mean, I've done acting before. Both Preston and I have written before. It's uh we we get it, and it would be nice to to be respected and all of that. And I don't know. It's crazy to think about. And it, this is day one basically of the actor strike. So who knows what's going to happen? I don't think in our real lifetime, you or I have ever seen this happen, like with a writer's and actor strike, you know, like it's a, and it's just such a different time than it was in the eighties and the sixties because the there's so much more information readily available at the, your fingertip in like real time. Um, and that brings in the whole AI aspect too, that, studios are trying to use ai to write scripts and now you can pretty much create a digital image of an actor and put them in something so i don't know how that's all gonna work but <clears throat> whatever the case may be it sucks i wish everybody well out there in the acting and writing world and we stand with you here on my bloody podcast for sure but what what are we get? i mean how does this work because in personalized jobs, a lot of our job is interviewing actors and writers and directors, you know, like that's what we do. And uh, we won't be able to do that because in their contract, they cannot promote or talk about movies. Like, I mean, I'm sure some of our close, closer friends that are in the world, like we can come on and we can just talk 
you know, about, about anything. Other, other stuff. Yeah. Other stuff, but we won't be able to talk about like future projects or anything. So yeah. it's really strange. Uh so yeah, I'm curious on how that's gonna work out. Again, I think Press and I say share the same sentiment. Like, yeah, how cool would it be if this all was resolved within two weeks? Do you think that's gonna happen? Uh I don't, but I would I'm just I just hope that it can. I hope that I'm wrong. Yeah, me too. Oh my god. It would be amazing to, you know, because like with with in our in our field, I do, I mean, we're coming up on Oscar season. So that's like in a couple months. That means that we're seeing three to five, maybe sometimes more movies a week. Um, do you think that people will hold their movies until a further year to get recognized? Or do you think like this, like we'll still get to see movies, but because they're already made, I don't know. What do you think? I think it comes down to who casts the first stone. So if somebody makes the decision to do something like that, there might be a lot of other people that follow. So I, 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 I don't know. Cause my mind was kind of going wild when I thought about like, you know, a lot of these big movies that are coming out this year that, or we're not going to get another avatar sequel anytime soon. Um, so Ooh, yeah. there's, <laughs> there's um, I don't know. There's just so many things to think about because there's ADR, ADR, like, you know, reshoots, things like that. Such an important part of the process as things are being assembled and they need a, those little moments uh, to insert here and there. We just uh, earlier this week, we're talking to uh, the director and the main actor that's in uh, Deadstream. And he, and we were joking about like our favorite part of the movie was an ADR line. They wouldn't be able to do something like that. So yeah, those those little things are very important and a, a part, a very much an important part of the process. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I I I guess we'll see things that are just like in the can. I I know that it's been especially over the past few years, and especially after COVID where, you know, we had things that were on tap, ready to go, but there was just, you know, everything with uh, Top Gun Maverick. Um, they 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 held it until it was the appropriate time. And then just within the past year plus, uh, things were starting to somewhat stabilize and are, are, we're just continuing to get there and see what a normal summer blockbuster season was like. And... Um, yeah, the uh, more changes are are bound to happen. So I, I, I we'll, we'll probably see uh, some some big movies still come out here and there because those studios maybe see an opportunity as as people are are, are waiting uh, audiences. That is, they may still feel compelled to release those movies as and you know because otherwise it's just going to be like at the beginning of COVID when we're bringing movies that have been out for a while or the same movie has been kind of going for a little bit. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what that's going to be like, but that's just kind of where my mind's going. I wonder if we'll get more retro screens, meaning I'm, I'm down for that. Yeah. Like you're going to see all these movies that came out from the eighties or seventies being re-released in theaters, you know, maybe with a new transfer or something like that, that would be cool. And so now I'm curious, um, 
I know so fantastic fest is paired up with the filmmakers of days and confused. And they're doing like a little tour across the country for their anniversary of days and confused. And one of them is going to be in Austin, Texas, where they're going to bring in a bunch of the cast and director and do a screening and do Q and a, is that going to happen now? I don't know, man. I just, it, it just public, the tickets just went on sale yesterday. I, I got access to buy tickets early and I bought uh, tickets for the baseball game that they're doing because they're on in mid-September, right before Fantastic Fest in Austin, Texas. They're doing a like a whole weekend because I've been to the 20th anniversary screening that they've done and I've been to the 25th in Austin. And it was just like one day thing, outdoor screening. They did it like a party at the Moon Tower type of vibe for the 25th. And then this one, they're doing a whole baseball game. Um uh, with a minor league team and all the players are going to wear jerseys that are similar to what the characters wear in days confused and with the incoming freshmen. And there's going to be a fireworks show to the music. Um, and the cast were going to some select cast members. It wasn't released who would be there. Um, but I imagine somebody of Michael, uh, Michael, uh, Matthew McConaughey's caliber being there because, you know, he's, Austin is his place. And he's um, like the face of that movie. Yeah, exactly. Uh, the poster child for sure. Thank you, buddy. Um, so yeah, I, I don't know. Is it just gonna be Richard Link later? Is he gonna be the only person that's there? I know. I mean, that would suck. Ladder. I mean, like, I like Richard Link ladder, but like there's so many people in the movie that you would want to see the actors, and so it would just like bring the event down without that like that's what i'm curious what i'm asking i'm asking about like stuff like cool things like that are going to be hindered i imagine because they're not allowed to promote or talk about the movies you know and i don't know it just just puts a sour note on everything and so I'm, i'm curious and then on the flip side of this i'm really interested to see um who in the acting and writing world is going to step across that picket line and still do work. Yeah. I don't know. Um, Because like you can see like some people like, okay, there's a chance to go out. Like, let's do it. Um, And I mean, there'll be persona non grata in that world, but I I don't know. I don't know how you work that. Uh, Yeah. It's crazy. Yes, yes. Very sad. Don't know what to do. But either way, that's happening. I'm sure over the following weeks, we'll have updates and our thoughts on what's going on. But let's let's move on to what we're here for. Movies, horror movies to talk about. There's a brand new movie from A24 called Talk to Me. It is going to release on July 27th of this year. Is that right? July 27th? July 27th. Um, I believe so. Um, And it is actually it's going to be released July 28th in the States, July 27th in Australia, because this is an Australian film. This is a movie that premiered um, on Halloween of last year and Preston got to see it in March really early. But this movie talked to me from a 24 uh, is directed by 
uh, two brothers, Danny and Michael Philippou. I guess I'm pronouncing them right. Uh, Danny and Michael Philippou are Australian um, YouTube creators. One was a, a former boxer um, and they made this amazing horror movie that is just, it, it, it evokes some of the better horror movies of the past, you know, three decades. And it just feels fresh and original. It's scary. Um, and it has one great hell of an ending. Um, and I really hope that at some point in the near future that Oscars, the Academy Awards will start to recognize horror because the last time they kind of did was in the 90s with Silence of the Lambs. But I would like them to recognize more horror because there's so much good horror movies out there. It's not just Oscar bait type stuff. And this movie has kind of amazing cinematography and great acting and good score. Uh, it's so good. So Preston, talk to me pun intended um, about your first time seeing this at the film festival. And did you know much going into it and what you first thought about it? Uh, yeah, I saw this at South by Southwest film festival. I want to say it was one of the last movies I saw before I jet jetted. Um, it, I did not know too much about it at all. Um, the, the hat that I wear almost every day is the A24 hat. I'm a big A24 junkie and I have all their films over here on my shelf. Um, and that's all I knew. I knew it was received well at Sundance. It was purchased there by A24 and just A24 horror movie is pretty much all that I need. All I saw was a still. I didn't even really want to read too much about it. Um, and so I went into it, uh, blindly, which is, uh, tends to be the most fun, especially when you're going to a film festival, um, is most of the time you're going off of who's distributing it, who's, uh, who, what, which talent, what talent, which talent is there and, and, uh, actors or, uh, filmmakers. And, uh, that, that's, it's always a gamble, but it's, it, when it pays off, man, it really pays off. And so this was one of those experiences that really paid off for me because after seeing something like this, you're just like, man, this is a really special experience. Don't know when this is coming out, but I, I think it's going to be a, a big hit with people. Um, and the vibe, like the energy in the theater at the time, especially as you already alluded to with the, the this particular ending that it has, is uh, which I may have noted before either here or on other podcasts that we do together that it was one of my probably one of my easily one of my favorite endings to uh, a movie whether horror or not um, in some time um, just because it leaves you in such a way where you're just like oh gosh like it's exciting um, and so yeah the movie is it's not I think some people may be selling this uh in a in a way that maybe not may not be 100% accurate like comparisons have been made to like hereditary which i think is hereditary is one of the scariest movies that have come out in the past decade at least um 
just because of its frightening images. And this one does have frightening images that are comparable to something like Hereditary or The Shining. I'm sure we're going to talk a little more about that as briefly as we can, uh, can because this movie is not out yet. And so we want to protect the uh, viewer experience as much as possible without revealing any spoilers. So yeah, this, this movie is, is more just like, I think it's the story aspect of it that is, has me invested in everything that's going on. So not so much the frights and the frights are there, um, but the character work is great. It's got a good hangout vibe to it uh, with the characters that they have there. You like understand them. You, you recognize those uh, like that group of people and how they interact with each other. Cause it's comparable to something like it follows or even some of the hangout movies that we've already uh, just brought up with days confused. Um, and so it just has this, friendships that are there and you understand them and you understand their complexities and everything like that because this movie is also very internal especially with its uh central character played by sophia wilde who is a really damn good find and she's going to be a huge star after this for sure um and so yeah like all those all those elements make it into something that's a little more worthwhile because when my wife saw it with me she's like she tensed up at, at some parts of it but for the most part she was just like that was just a really good story and i think that's what ultimately makes it and is probably going to make it a very lasting film and a movie that's going to be uh, talked about um, because it has, you know, the poster art has the embalmed hand on it because that's what the movie's all about. It's about kids in Australia who um, it, it's like this, you know, TikTok generation of, you know, people sharing things and uh, things that may be scary, doing dares because at the time that I saw this, you know, there's things happening all over uh, TikTok, people, kids doing challenges uh, at their schools, doing very disruptive and damaging things. Um, and so that's just kind of part of the culture today. It's sad to see, but that's just what it is. Um, and so in this movie, you have an embalmed hand of a median uh, who uh, the hand is severed. So it's just a... a hand with living flesh and everything that has been caked in uh, a substance that makes it uh, completely cemented. And so you just prop up the embalmed hand on the table. The person who is the summoner uh, straps themselves to a chair. They light a candle, which opens the door to the spirit realm. And then they ex the summoner extends their hand, puts it in that hand, and says, talk to me. And at the moment that they say that, a, a spirit, you don't know what it is, you don't know who it's going to be, may not be the same one if you do it multiple times, um, uh, appears. And then at that moment, you say, uh, I invite you in. And then it's like this... You're possessed. You become possessed. Effect. It's like the movie Ghost with Patrick Swayze and uh, Whoopi Goldberg almost. You can get inside somebody and you kind of become them. Yeah. But there's something more sinister going on behind the curtains here that I'm happy that they don't really go into because it kind of there's like a maybe like a folklore going on that we don't see yet, maybe for a future sequel. Um, but how they utilize this and how they um, execute it and show it on film is spectacular. Like, I just, 
or it was fully invested in it um, because it sets up a world where we kind of haven't seen truly before yet. And I love like in the movie Ghost with Patrick Swayze, he's like a medium that you can talk with and see dead people and stuff like that, you know, or even Sixth Sense. But this takes it a step further. And I like the use of like young adults here because they have no idea what they're messing with. They're doing it, like you said, to do like TikTok and to be cool type of thing. Um, but I think uh, I, I I just like that element of it because you get to learn what little crumbs they give us from this situation of inviting spirits or dead things to be inside of you through the use of modern technology uh, and young adults who really don't understand what they're dealing with. And I think that's great. And it makes it scarier to me. Yeah. Cause there's this once, you know, things get going and we're completely understand the thrill of the game and like what, what what they get out of it because you know on paper when you you when we share this you're just like that sounds completely senseless why the hell would i ever want to do something like that but then you see like there's a great montage sequence with great music that plays and you you understand the part of the thrill especially when it's over when it goes right um it, it it's like this like i mentioned like it's this drug-like effect it's this great sensation and so it it, it it it's like doing like this you know when you're in your rebellious stage and when you're a teenager and you're doing things that you shouldn't be doing there's a sense of thrill to it and there, and that's what's being shown there um but when it goes wrong it goes really wrong and that's what makes the movie such a uh fun and enjoyable experience is that uh we get to see what what happens when it goes wrong um yeah. And uh, yeah, like we mentioned, there's a lot of great visuals, a lot of great character work, um, great score, a, a, a moodiness to it. It's very well shot. Um, it, it just like these these two brothers feel like they've been like at it for a while. And that was the same feeling when we watched Ari Aster for the first time. It just seems like a seasoned pro stepping in here and they just, they know what affects people and they have a, a great cinematic uh, tool belt that they're utilizing and they know how to utilize. And so it's just a very special movie. And I, I think people are going to take to it. And, and uh, I'm just, I think I wrote something in my review when I released that back in March saying like, this is a game that I would love to play again and again. And like you mentioned, Brian, that there's a sense of ambiguity to it um, where there's, there's enough dangled out there for it to be fun and thrilling to you. But when you're, you're done with it, you, you have questions. You're like, Oh, what does that mean? And and then like, how did they get there? Um, I don't think it was the filmmakers like putting, you know, overlooking their film a little bit and that it's plot holes because we went to the Alamo draft house to see this at a special advanced screening where they did a live stream Q and a, and the the directors were there to talk about it and that's what they they mentioned it was just like you know we wanted to put enough out there but they they seem to be pretty invested and wanting to do a sequel should a24 want to push forward with it and and that this movie is successful and as we've seen this year 
a lot of horror films have been doing quite well. Insidious 5 took the box office from Indiana Jones in its second week. And, and then we had Megan earlier this year. So um, there, there is certainly an appetite for it. And I think this will be a good time for people, especially as, you know, we're coming out of the whole uh, Barbenheimer war that's going on. Um, and this is going to be happening the week after that. So it'd be very interesting to see like, which is Barbie going to, cause right now projections believe that Barbie's going to be the winner of the weekend when it comes to the Oppenheimer war, just because, you know, it's a PG 13 movie and uh, Oppenheimer's R and also three hours long. So um, yeah. I, I, yeah. I've been saying that the Barbie thing will be, will be, will beat it. Cause I think, yes, it's lighter it's going to be comedy. It's mainly for everybody and it's shorter. Whereas Oppenheimer is a three hour um, dense, serious movie. I can see more people going multiple times to see Barbie if it's good. Um, yeah. Like, like Titanic, everybody saw it multiple times, but with talk to me, I think people are just, it's a 90 minute quick horror movie. That's going to scare you. And that works. And not to say that Talk to Me is going to make Barbie money by any means, it's not going to make hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars, but Talk to Me probably costs less than $10 million to make. Yeah. And, um, and I'm and it sure has that, it has that rewatchability factor to it because like the ring or something like that, when you watch a movie of that, that uh, magnitude uh, for the, the effect that it has, like it's immediately after seeing it at South by, I was like, I want to share this with Brian. I want to share this with my wife. I want to share this with my friend. And I want to be there because I want to see that impact or like them taking in what happens at the end and all throughout. And so that, that it, it could do very well, even in its uh, following weekend. Yeah, no, it could. I, I hope so. Uh, Cause I think by word of mouth and by the reviews for um, talk to me, it's going to, come out that every everybody's going to see it which is going to be great um i want to ask what movies excuse me do you think of when you see talk to me like because i have movies in my head that i think of uh, and i'm pretty sure the directors thought i was like oh we gotta we gotta utilize these types of feelings and themes into our movie so i know you already said a couple because uh, you said shining and you said hereditary what other ones do you think of um i thought of flatliners uh just because of you know in that movie like they they uh they're obsessed with that thing, or even crash yeah uh, not not the 2005 one but the one that came out in the mid 90s um of this feeling of being like near the edge of something and just the thrilling kind of uncomfortable effects of that. And so flatliners, obviously they're reaching this point of flatlining and then uh, being being brought back and then crash. They're getting in car accidents uh, and putting their, putting their lives in jeopardy, but it like creates this odd sexual thing going on. Um, so there, there's some, there's some feelings that are very similar to that, that kind of thing. When, when the S starts to hit the F, you know? <laughs> yeah. No, um, for sure. 
So uh, I want to. I feel like I mentioned quite a few or a few movies. I'm gonna. Say, I'm gonna say movie, that, that those were the two. Those uh, were the two. Followed. I'm gonna add to that. Um, it follows and event horizon for strictly one scene <laughs> one quick scene and talk to me i thought oh my god event horizon hardcore and you know exactly what i'm talking about yep yep there's an image for sure <laughs> <laughs> um and it's I, I like that yes there's an element to the shining to it and yeah, again, Hereditary, It Follows, where we were naming really good stuff here. I don't think there's anything quite like The Exorcist, other than maybe like a hint of possession here and there. Um, but like what the what they say when right. they're when they're possessed, sharing things like the nastiest parts of people and that sort of thing. Like that's comparable, but even uh even with all these like hat tips and and maybe light references or in, influence creative influences it, it still feels like its own animal it 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 never feels like because i've seen horror movies and other movies that feel like oh man you're just making a greatest hits collection out of that to try to make this new feeling i mean we there, there was conversation when it follows came out it's like oh this you know this is captures the spirit of like something like a nightmare in Elm street, you know? And so it, it just has that vibe. I mean, I thought, I thought a scream and urban legend when watching this special, when it comes to the beginning of it and like the, the, the camaraderie or just like the, the relationships with the kids uh, that are in this um, and, and how they challenge each other and um, like they want to be accepted and dealing with all those sorts of things are, are very much reminding me of that, but that's, you know, that's just life, you know, like, especially when you're dealing uh, focused on a narrative within this age range, th those are the things that are going to pop up. And so just to see something like in this age right now that we're going in and finding a unique way to bring the modern times into it is uh, very fascinating to me. Like, cause there's this impulse with uh, movies made today, especially in the horror genre. Like, you know, we, we want to go back to the eighties. We, you know, fear street, we go back to, the nineties and things like that. And because it kind of removes, even it follows to a degree, even though it doesn't necessarily say, Hey, this is set in the two thousands or, you know, or um, there, there there's, it, it feels like in this world where it's like retro and new simultaneously with, you know, you'll, you'll recognize gadgets, old cars, old televisions, things like that. And so this is, wholeheartedly a movie that is set in the modern era with the way that people are filming. And that's scary too, because uh, especially the, the cold opening of this movie, which I will not reveal what uh, happens to, to make it a cold opening, but there, there are things that are going on and you see characters holding up their phones with their flashlights. And it's like uncomfortable to see like, that is just the reality of humanity today. It is, it, it really captures the dark shades of ourselves, like I said. Um, so that that's another scary uh, layer of the cake that's here and, that, and, and what makes it a very interesting film uh, on top of being an entertaining one.
Right. No, I agree. It's uh, it it really is good. You got to talk about uh, Miranda Otto. You know, you know her as Eowyn from the Lord of the Rings movies, but she plays the mother here and her character is just chef's kiss comedy and greatness. Uh, I really loved her in this. I hope when you see this, there's going to be some great scenes with her Um, and she plays it because bad things happen and then she's like the cool fun mom that you always want uh she she's very smart in the film uh but yeah she's she's great uh, i i really liked it and i got to talk about that these directors because this is her first thing these these youtubers who made this movie um danny and michael philippu who are australian this is their first movie and they knocked it out of the park and it's being said that they it was announced that they're in talks to direct um a new street fighter movie like the video game street fighter like they're going to remake it and mind blown like please bring back jcvd but uh going from this little small movie to probably a potential big budget action movie like street fighter that's pretty crazy that's a a lot of trust in these guys for a movie that hasn't come out yet. Yeah. I mean, I'm very excited for them. They're very talented, obviously. And then when, when, when all the listeners here see the movie, they'll, they'll recognize their talents. I, uh, but just like any kind of like viewer that sees something, like when we saw Jordan Peele's get out, we are like, Oh, please don't sell out, man. Don't make something. Cause we know that Marvel's going to be knocking on your door. Star Wars is going to be knocking on your door. And we we just we want to preserve that as much as possible. There's like because you're making like things that feel so massive and original stay in this realm a little bit longer. And so I kind of feel that way a little bit uh, with them. But I'm, uh, you know, also with somebody like Barry Jenkins, you know, doing Moonlight, doing if Bill Street could talk. Man, it was so great. And then now he's doing a, a Lion King movie and you're like, ah. But he's probably, I mean, he's got to have, he's going to bring something to it that's just going to feel so unique and fresh. And so how can you say no to that as a, as a viewer too? So it's, it's, I have complex feelings about it. Like I know that they, they have the talent to really make this something incredibly special, but we've seen the worst sides of this too, with something like the director of 500 Days of Summer going into uh, the Amazing Spider-Man movies um and i didn't mind that first one with andrew garfield but uh there's a bit of worry there i must admit um but i'm also yeah very happy for them too and and i wish them all the best uh going forward but i would love to see a sequel to this we never got a sequel to it follows and um not yet yes not yet there could uh, but it's also next year's 10 years um or i guess technically well it's Played at Fantastic Fest in 2014, but it came out in 2015. So we're getting pretty close there. Um, but it, who, who knows? I mean, I, I I would love to make a it follow sequel if I could. Um, so yeah, yeah. Um, clearly, very talented. Bottom line, um, very interested to see what they did. He did mention at the live stream Q and A that he has something already done. Um, that it's not a sequel to this, but it's something different. Um, 
probably something just as personal to him because there are moments to this film uh, that are based off of experiences that he had, not so much with like seances and things like that, but just the idea of human connection, which is another right. you know layer to this that is very uh, interesting. So uh, I, I must say also that, um, you know, we're big advocates for all the experiences that the Alamo Draft House puts on. So that's always, if you can, look up your local calendar and see what's going on because you can miss out on really great experiences like this where you, it, it kind of puts things into a, you know, a new light and it is a different perspective on the film to see the filmmakers uh, talk about it, whether you happen to be in the theater that they are at doing the Q and a or being a part of a live stream Q and a. Um, Cause I, I went to the, the Wes Anderson one for atomic uh what's the movie called because i don't even care <laughs> um uh, uh, asteroid city asteroid city i was gonna say atomic um so yeah asteroid city um so they did a q a for that and it was just a fun experience to see these uh yeah. actors and that's why we go to fantastic fest is to the opportunity to you know see these movies that nobody's talked about or know about yet but also it's just like you're you're witnessing something very special when you get to see uh, the filmmakers and the creators and the talent uh, speak about it. And so, um, yeah, um, I don't know if they're going to be doing anything like this uh, going forward unless they just have the the filmmakers there. Um, but, um, yeah, do do uh, do look up the Alamo Draft House uh, show times and everything, the calendar, and see if there's other experiences going on like this. I think they have a bottom, the movie Bottoms, um, which is the follow, uh, the filmmakers follow up to uh, Shiva, Shiva Baby, which I really loved. Yeah, it's uh, a good movie. So they're going to be doing something for that. Um, so yeah, also yeah, got to promote what the Alamo Draft House is doing as always. Always good Alamo Draft House. Check YouTube. out. Check it out. Um, yeah, uh, this is crazy. Um, go see Talk to Me as well. Get your tickets now and go see it. Um, we It's a kind of a shorter My Bloody Podcast take on a movie just because it's not out yet and we don't want to spoil anything for all of you. So uh, go see that uh, movie when it comes out and let us know what you think. But that we are My Bloody Podcast. We'll be back next week. Um, with some more news on all of your favorite horror movies. And uh, yes, find Preston Barta, the man, the myth, the legend, the horror maestro everywhere online. You can find him at the Denton Record Chronicle. You can find him on freshfiction.tv. You can find him on YouTube. Find out his latest interviews. He's been posting a lot through Apple TV Plus uh tv series and movies check out all of his interviews with actors and directors and writers because that might not be happening too much uh in the near future <laughs> uh so check check him out um on there he's always insightful and in bringing those heavy questions that you want to know about the process uh, of a film that gets made and find him on instagram at blu-ray dad find him at Preston bard on twitter he's on spaces He's on TikTok. Find him. Uh, and also on our other podcast show, Fear and Loathing in Cinema podcast. We just did Armageddon with our good friend, special guest, J.D. Perry. Uh, find us there. And uh, yes, I'm Brian Kluger, highdefdigest.com, boomstickcomics.com, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok. 
YouTube, Blue Sky Spaces, all on there. So uh, get get on there, find me, say hello. We'll be back very soon. Thank you for listening to my bloody podcast. <laughs>